1884, Sarah traveled to California, purchased an eight-room farmhouse in San Jose, and began the work that would never stop until the day she died. She hired 22 carpenters who built 24 hours a day for 38 years. The result is eerie. Corridors snake through a maze of shadowy rooms. Stairways rise, only to end abruptly at ceilings. Doors open onto solid walls. It's easy to get lost here. But some think that's just the purpose. Sarah wanted to confuse unwanted ghosts, yet provide a comfortable respite for the spirits she wished to entertain. Hi, everybody. My name is Shauna, and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States. Through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories, I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the American English Podcast. In the introduction, you heard a woman from a documentary titled Winchester Mystery House, Secrets of the Mansion, right? So this was a documentary that talked a lot about the history of the Winchester Mystery House. The house actually exists, and it's in San Jose, California. And in this lesson, we'll hear about how tragedy, tons of money, and belief in spirits brought this house about. In this lesson, I'll also teach an expression and tell a joke that are related to the topic and do some pronunciation exercise. So let's start with that joke. Why did the carpenter get mad at the new employee? Any ideas? Because the carpenter really nailed it and the new employee screwed everything up. (laughs) First of all, what's a carpenter? A carpenter is someone who builds things. So someone who constructs houses would be a carpenter. When we nail something, it means that we get it all right. We do it perfectly. I nailed it. Nails are also the thin, sharp metal pins, I guess we can call them, that we hammer into walls to hang pictures or to connect two pieces of wood, for example. So the carpenter nailed it. He did a perfect job, and we get from this that he used nails. The new employee, on the other hand, screwed everything up, meaning he messed up big time. It was a failure. So what mistake did he make? Well, he screwed everything up. A screw is similar to a nail, except it is not smooth metal. There's a raised metal threading around it. So a screw doesn't go directly into the wall like a nail does, but it rotates. It turns in circles. So from the sound of it, this carpenter wanted the job done using all nails and the new employee screwed up by using screws. So let's hear that joke one more time. Why did the carpenter get mad at the new employee? Because the carpenter really nailed it and the new employee screwed everything up. So speaking of screwing things up, today we'll be talking about the expression to have some screws loose, right? So loose means not tight or not firmly fixed. 
And so when someone has a few screws loose or some screws loose, it means they are either crazy, eccentric, or mentally unstable. You can use this expression lightly, actually, to joke with someone, right? I think you got some screws loose, buddy. In other words, I think you're crazy or your ideas are crazy. However, you can also say this in a more serious manner when they're truly mentally ill or psychotic. Let's go through some more examples. Example number one, and this is a very light use of the expression, right? So a joking manner. In high school, my friend Jessica and I would walk around town when we had nothing to do. One day we ended up at the dollar store, a store where everything that you buy costs $1 or less. And seeing a bunch of cake mix, my friend Jessica suggested that we make a 20-layer cake. My reaction was, Jess, I think you have a few screws loose. You're crazy. There's no way that the two of us could even stack six cakes on top of each other, let alone 20. But we tried. We bought 10 boxes of cake mix, baked the cakes, stacked some of them on top of each other, and it collapsed, of course. But um, in the end, we invited all our friends over to eat the giant mess directly from the pan, which was pretty fun. Example number two, are you familiar with the story Alice in Wonderland? Well, there's a character in the story that has a few screws loose, a character that's insane, who's mad, right? It's the Mad Hatter, a man in a large top hat, an eccentric suit that Alice meets at a tea party. So what makes him crazy, deranged, or unstable? In other words, why does he have a few screws loose? While at the tea party, he switches his seat constantly, reads poetry that makes no sense to anyone, and asks a bunch of riddles that no one can seem to answer. Oh, and also he claims that he's stuck at 6 (laughs) p.m., which is kind of strange. So he has a few screws loose. He's crazy, deranged, or unstable. Example number three. There's a fairy tale that you might know of called Hansel and Gretel. The story was written by the Brothers Grimm, two Germans, and it was translated into English, thank goodness, because it's a great story. And there are a few characters in this story that have some screws loose. The most memorable for me was the witch who lived in a house covered in candy. So lollipops, marshmallows, gumdrops, peppermint, and gingerbread made up her whole house. And when Hansel and Gretel were found eating it, she trapped them and tried to fatten them up in order to eat them. So she was a cannibal with a house made of sweets. (laughs) And I think we can all agree that uh, she had some screws loose. She was out of her mind. She was deranged. She was not normal. I hope it makes a little bit more sense now how to use this. Let's go through some pronunciation exercises. We'll use the statement, careful, he has a few screws loose. Repeat after me, careful, careful he, careful he has, careful he has a few screws. Careful he has a few screws loose. 
careful he has a few screws loose. Careful he has a few screws loose. All right, in the conjugation, repeat after me. I have a few screws loose. You have a few screws loose. She has a few screws loose. He has a few screws loose. It has a few screws loose. They have a few screws loose. We have a few screws loose. This is sort of a tongue twister. It's a little bit difficult to say, so repeat that section if you need to. And let's go ahead and move on to the topic of the day. As I mentioned in the beginning, we'll be talking about the Winchester Mystery House, but uh, this story wouldn't make sense at all if we didn't begin by talking about a woman named Sarah Winchester. Sarah Winchester was a woman from the East Coast, from New Haven, Connecticut, who tragically lost her infant daughter to a child's illness and then her husband a few years later to tuberculosis. She was very distraught by the loss of her beloved family members and sought help. She went to a medium in Boston. A medium is a seer, someone who claims they can communicate messages between the living and the spirits of the dead. So what the medium told Sarah would change her life. He told her that many spirits were furious with her. Why so many, though? So Sarah's husband was the creator of the Winchester Repeating Rifle, which was the main gun that was said to have won the West. The guns had killed many, many people, including many Native Americans. These were the spirits that the medium was referring to, and these spirits that would haunt her until she appeased them. There was only one remedy, the man told her, in order to keep these evil spirits away, you need to always be surrounded by beauty. You need to build a house for the rest of your life. And if you do so, you will be able to live in peace forever. Sarah believed this medium. And uh, moreover, rifle sales had made her so insanely wealthy that she could do what the medium recommended. She would build a house incessantly, right? So without stopping, for the rest of her life. All she needed to do was to find a good location. So she did. In 1884, the woman moved across country and settled into a farmhouse in San Jose, California. That's when the work began. According to the video posted at the very beginning of this episode, she hired 22 carpenters who worked for 24 hours a day for 38 years. They built a mansion, but it wasn't just a regular mansion. It's called the Winchester Mystery House for a reason. The actual structure of the house is all out of whack. It's all messed up. 
The inside is not what we would expect from a regular house. Many of the doors open up and there's a wall on the other side, so you can't even go inside. Sometimes doors open and there's no room on the other side, just a drop four stories down into the front yard. So if you walked through that door without looking, you would fall four stories or four floors. There are staircases that lead up to ceilings. And the number 13 can be found everywhere. A lot of times there are 13 stained panes of glass. Sometimes if you look at the chandeliers, there are exactly 13 candlesticks inside of the wardrobe. She had 13 hooks. So very mysterious. Sarah loved artwork as well, especially stained glass. She spent thousands of dollars on stained glass and didn't actually hang most of it up. However, you can see stained glass in some of the rooms, at times in rooms where there's no sunlight shining through, so you can't even see the colors of the stained glass, which is sort of bizarre. Her collection of stained glass is actually considered to be one of the best collections in the entire world. And nowadays, her house is actually considered one of the best representations of Victorian architecture. At that time, when Sarah was still alive, she wouldn't let anyone see her face. She hid under a veil, and at nighttime, she slept in a different room every night. Record says that she did this to confuse the spirits. Many would also agree that she had some screws loose. Right, She wasn't all there. She was a little bit insane. In 1906, the San Francisco earthquake hit the mansion hard, and the top three floors of the seven-story building toppled to the ground. Nowadays, the mansion is four stories tall. Sarah died in 1922, and with her death, construction stopped. At the time of her death, the mansion had around 161 rooms out of that 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, 47 fireplaces, 10,000 panes of glass, 17 chimneys, two basements, three elevators, 52 skylights, six kitchens, 13 bathrooms, and 2,000 doors. (laughs) Work on the house totaled about $5 million or equivalent to $71 million today. Usually, before someone dies, they try and write a will to indicate who will receive what, what sorts of possessions go to whom. Sarah Winchester had a will, and in it she gave all of her possessions to her niece and secretary. According to a biographer on the Winchester family, it took six weeks, eight hours each day, moving stuff from the house in order to clear it out. Imagine if someone gave you all of their possessions within a house of 161 rooms. What in the world would you do with it? It's crazy. The house, however, wasn't mentioned in the will. So in California, when this happens, appraisers will come in and give an estimation of the house's worth. Since the house had such a wacky layout and was damaged in ways from the San Francisco earthquake, The appraiser said that the house wasn't worth very much. The house was sold at an auction for a grand total of $135,000 by John and Mame Brown. The house has remained in their family ever since. 
The Winchester Mystery House is open to the public for tours if you're interested in visiting. Once again, that's in San Jose, California. You can even go on haunted tours at nighttime, uh, visiting, quote, forbidden rooms of the house never before seen on public tours. You can learn more about the Winchester Mystery House on their website at www.winchestermysteryhouse.com. So that's it for this lesson. I hope you enjoyed this very strange story of the Winchester Mystery House. I can't even begin imagining owning uh, that property right in the heart of Silicon Valley. It's one of the most ridiculously expensive areas in the United States. I was trying to think about what I would do if I owned that property. And I think I would probably rent it out to all of the interns at those big tech companies there like Intel and Oracle and NVIDIA. Quite honestly, I would think I could make millions on rent. (laughs) That's it for today. Happy Halloween. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.